Well, I want to say thank you for uh, your words of welcome and appreciation that you've expressed over the last few weeks to me. Uh, I want you to know that I appreciate you. Um, I needed a congregation to love at least as much as you needed an interim lead pastor. So really, you're doing me a favor. Uh, I get to pastor a congregation that is oozing with potential to significantly impact Grant County. So I'm the one uh, who appreciates you. Uh, I also want to tell you what you already know, but I'm now discovering, and that is you have a fantastic staff of people who day in and day out serve the purposes of God with vigor at Lakeview Wesleyan Church. You have an amazing support staff. Yeah, go ahead. You have an amazing support staff that keeps the balls uh, in the air of this complex ministry. Uh, I don't know how they do it, but they do. Great support staff. And then you have a phenomenal pastoral staff, too, uh, that has amazing uh, creativity and energy and dedication. They love Jesus Christ, and they love you. And as far as I can tell... Other than me, if you're new here, I'm not the only pastor. I'm like one of seven. I think there's seven of us now so um, that are here to help you grow and go. Grow up in your faith and go out and serve the purposes of Jesus Christ in this world, starting with Grant County. You can clap for your pastoral staff, too. Speaking of Grant County, I just want to tell you quickly about uh, sort of an exciting event coming up in October. We're going to do an October Friend Month. Now, I've discovered around here that every Sunday at Lakeview Wesleyan Church seems to be Friend Sunday. Um, But I really want us to focus in on October as a chance for us to reach out and invite friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors, classmates, teammates, to experience the love of Jesus Christ for them through Lakeview Wesleyan Church. And so we're, gonna, uh, we're designing sermons around questions that unchurched or de-churched people might be asking about the person of Jesus Christ. And um, at the end of October, uh, we believe we will see many people come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, encounter his love in a way that changes them forever uh, in October. And then the last Sunday in October, we're going to have a baptism blast. So if you want to be baptized, uh, let one of your pastors know, uh, email or call the church office, get on the list for baptism. Last Sunday in October, I think it's the 29th, I could be wrong, I'm not sure, but it's the last Sunday. And we're going to have a class, even if you just want to explore it and hear about baptism, what it is, what it's not, uh, come to that class, but get signed up for that. Um, Would you please, pretty please, uh, pray with me that God would use Friend Month to reap a harvest of souls and that we would be prompted, each one of us, myself included, to invite at least one person to experience God's life-transforming love through the ministry of Lakeview Wesleyan Church. Each one reach one. It's that simple. Um, So please join me in, in, in praying about that and we'll see what God does. Nothing is more important... Nothing is more thrilling, nothing is more exhilarating, and nothing is more urgent than reaching out to people with the love of Christ. You and I are sitting in this room right now because someone loved us enough to invite us to Christ through the church. Here we are. 
How can we not do the same for others? Okay, enough said. Now the sermon. Don't worry, it'll be short. Uh, You've maybe heard of the book, uh, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. How many of you have heard of that book? Okay, how many of you were forced, I mean asked, to read that book by your fiancé or spouse? Raise your hand. Uh, In that book, Gary Chapman uh, argues that one of the reasons why marriages struggle or fail is because we tend to love our spouse, not in the way our spouse wants to be loved, but in the way we want to be loved. And Chapman says that the way toward a healthy marriage is to figure out what your spouse's primary love language is and then love your spouse the way your spouse needs to be loved. And he talks about five love languages. Maybe you can name them. Gifts, words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. There you go. I won't ask you to tell me which one is your primary one. But God has a primary love language too. Did you know that? In fact, God through Christ tells us what his primary love language is. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5 through 7 is God telling us through Christ how to love him. So in this Holy Love series that I've been doing, this is now week 6 of the series. It will end today, I promise. I want Jesus Christ, the first word, to have the last word. So I'm going to plagiarize Jesus' Sermon on the Mount for two reasons. One is, Because it's the best sermon ever preached, and I can't top it. (laughs) And number two, it's the only sermon I can preach that you cannot critique, (laughs) because it's his. So, let's let Jesus tell us what it means, ultimately, to live a holy life of radical, holy love for God and for people. Oh, I've got to tell you, you're not allowed to open your Bible. Okay, preachers will never tell you this, but I'm telling you it this morning. You are not allowed to open your Bible. Because we've, so many of us have read the Sermon on the Mount so many times as words on the page that it's easy to let familiarity breed contempt. And we skim over or skip over those parts of the sermon that we don't like. So do not open your Bible, because I want you to experience the old familiar sermon in a new and fresh way. I want you to experience the Sermon on the Mount as it was originally delivered. Not as words on the page for the eyes, but as words from the mouth for the ears. So don't open your Bible just this once. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by people. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Everyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But everyone who practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother or sister. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. 
It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your own head. You cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons and daughters of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your brothers and sisters what are you doing more than others do not even pagans do that Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before people to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners to be honored by people. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. 
This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts just as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive people their sins against you, your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. And when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to show people they are fasting. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to people you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your body, what you will wear? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For your father knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day 
has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. (laughs) Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the uh, speck out of your eye, when all the while there's a plank in your own eye? (laughs) You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you... If his son asks for bread, give him a stone. Or if he asks for fish, give him a snake. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Small is the gate. Narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen. I want us to spend some time responding to God's word through Christ to us. If anything significant happens in the life of the Lakeview Wesleyan Church, it won't ultimately be because of great music or good preaching or a beautiful campus. It will be because we have prayerfully submitted ourselves to the presence and power of Jesus Christ. So I want to just have a few minutes where we do that. Maybe there was something in the Sermon on the Mount that caused conviction in you. In fact, I might say if the Holy Spirit is in us, we will most definitely feel some sort of conviction hearing those words. I do. So what has convicted you and what do you need to say in repentance to God in prayer? And surely there was something in the sermon that not only convicted you but comforted you. That Jesus said in some way to you about the situations you face. I've got you. I've got this. So if if Jesus' words brought you comfort, praise him, thank him, be grateful. And then maybe Jesus' words confirmed a certain decision or action in your life. And it gave you some resolution. Talk to him about that. Resolve to do whatever God told you to do when he told you to do it. So let's pray. You can get in a posture of prayer on your knees. You can stand up. Uh, You can come to the altar and pray. I'm going to shut up now and really just invite God to uh, hear our prayer and for you to pray to him. Again, if it was conviction, repent. If it was comfort, give praise. If it was confirmation, resolve to do whatever he's laid on your heart. Let's pray together. You say in your word, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, I will hear them from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. So here we are on our face before you, God, thanking you for the wisdom that you gave through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Lord, thank you for convicting us in the following areas for which we repent. Go ahead and pray and repent. Ask for forgiveness. Say, I'm sorry. Something in the sermon that causes conviction. Talk to God. forgive us for the pride of the hypocrites that you talk about. Man, I'm so much like them. Forgive us for lust. Forgive us for anger. Forgive us for a lack of forgiveness toward others. Forgive us for worrying. Forgive us for judging. you for your forgiveness forgive us our debts help us to forgive our debtors and now pray prayers uh, thanking God for the comfort he brought through the words of that sermon what did he say that sparked hope in you for the situations you face the light in your soul Thank you for calling us salt. Thank you for calling us light. You give dignity to our personhood through that. Thank you. Thank you for promising to provide all that we need. Food and drink and clothing. If we just seek first your kingdom. Thank you for that. Thank you that you're like a a beautiful, loving father who wants to give good gifts to his children if we ask and we seek and we knock. Thank you for that. And now last one. If, if, uh, If God confirmed a decision through his words that you need to make on Monday... Would you pledge to God your commitment to do whatever he laid on your heart to do? Maybe it's calling someone and saying, I forgive you. 
Maybe it's trusting God more with your finances, with your future. Maybe it's an apology for judging someone wrongly. that which you've laid on our hearts we will by your grace and by the power of your spirit do Lord this is not a game to us this is not some cool cute Sunday thing this is our life you are our life we are dead in the water without you We are not the center around which everything revolves, including you. You are the center of our lives around which everything revolves. Jesus Christ, you are large and in charge. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You are the resurrection and the life. All we are, all we hope to be is in your strong, loving, tender, firm hands. So we give ourselves to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. May the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead be alive in us, we pray. Amen. And now the last Sunday for the benediction from 1 Thessalonians 5. I promise this will be the last time you hear it from me for at least a few months, okay? Here we go. If you know it, say it with me. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 22 and 23. Paul's prayer for the church. And now, may the God of peace, God himself, sanctify us through and through. May our whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who calls us is faithful. And he will do it. Amen. Have a great day.